Sin Media acknowledges and pays respect to the people of the Woiwurrung and Boonwurrung language groups of the Eastern Kulin Nations, on whose unceded lands the Sin Studio stand. Sin extends this respect to the traditional custodians and people of the lands and waters our content reaches. It always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. That one there is Dectora by Mala from their recently released project called Cycles. Uh, and you can hear Mala uh, in two different places. One, you can hear them, obviously, at the Shot Kickers on November 23rd. And two, you can listen to them and, he- and hear them talk right about now because they're <laughs> here with us in studio. We have uh, Harry and Tom here with us. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. That's right. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. Yeah. yeah. Very exciting really stuff. Um, fantastic song, first of all, Dectora. Um, talk a little bit about where that one came to be. And obviously, it's a bit of a long one. So talk a little bit about how that, that process was of putting it together and deciding its length. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think we're, all of our songs are pretty long, so it's a no-brainer that it's just always going to end up being yep. 10 minutes. I don't know, it's just very, like, it's very dancey and electronic. It is. And I was really into this band called Sneaker Pimps. That's a like, crazy band name to start with. Yeah, it's great. Um, they're classic 90s, like, trip-hop, but they sort of have that sort of electronic edge, and I was just listening to a lot of that, and then was like, oh, Melbourne Jazzy House. Yeah, yeah. true, actually. Because um, we always go into those jams live at that period that I wrote it. And then just sitting at home on COVID on my DAW and just got carried away with all these stupid time signatures and like, you know, doing it all. And then suddenly it was like, oh, this song's great. Oh no, the band has to play it. (laughs) And I don't even know what I'm going to do because I can't do that. But uh, then we got it pretty down and it sounds great live. And, uh, yeah. What's the process like for you guys consolidating the grooves and, like, figuring out, okay, this is how it's actually going to translate to being played live and also, like, here's where all the different pockets sit for different instruments and, and so on and so forth? Question. Yeah, that's a good question. I think a lot of it comes organically when we rehearse. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of the band has just started off as us jamming a lot of the sections. Yep. That's, as well, as Harry said, why the songs are so long. Um, cause that's kind of live. We would play like two songs for an hour and just take <laughs> it in as many different directions as we, as we could. Yeah. But yeah, in terms of like arrangement, I guess for the album, a lot of them were pretty arranged when we wrote them, but always written with how everyone's style is in mind. So sure. how everyone plays individually and then also how they play in the band. So I, I guess I would say it'd be pretty organic in the way of finding those pockets. Also just like trusting each other a lot mm. and each other's skill like oh. there's some there's some there's, some, there's a bit of that. cracking players in the band so oh yeah essentially this is essentially like an avengers assemble moment <laughs> <laughs> with with you guys coming together i mean like you guys have played with like just some like local legends and i don't say that i don't say in a small way at all like and and i wonder how did you guys all come together what's the, what's the journey there and and then and then following that what kind of what kind of led to the inception of of cycles you know not just the album but the the heart and soul of it the name you know obviously it's cycles and you're going through different time time signatures and like <laughs> how did, how did that all how did that all come come to happen well we all met in uni um at least me tom emma and jake and then through that i met moses at strawberry fields one time and we played a gig in a little bar in fits uh footscray and then Patty, Jake met. Like it all sort of happened 
through gigs and uni and stuff. Um, Just the interconnected web of... Yeah, exactly. But Marla formed and then a few lineup changes later, then eventually we had like Moses filling in for one gig on synth bass and then we were like, that was great. Like that just worked. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then eventually Moses got on board and then Patty again filled in for a few gigs technically played our first gig ever just as a fill-in at the time that's very funny yeah, yeah. like who, who knew but um yeah again it was just like that whole like oh my god moment when he played and it was like okay this is the band and then it, I, yeah ever since whenever we play live it's just like such a connection that yeah you just like play the worst thing you've ever played but it <laughs> never feels bad because it's just so cohesive mm which is very special. And and so with that in mind, like was this what was the time frame for this? Obviously you've just released you it's only this year where you've released your first album, but was yeah. this had this group kind of been formed a long time before that? Obviously you guys already knew each other, but when when was when was Mila formed, you know? And how did it even how did you even land on the name? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> we, it was formed probably the end of twenty eighteen. Um, wow. just as like yeah. a, it was a pretty instrumental jazz group. Mm. I was like, just wanted to play with a bunch of people from uni. And then, um, like Emma was always around. Um, you know, Emma had her own project that was, it was kicking off as well, doing really well. And then, um, eventually it was like, oh, em-, you know, Emma, Harry and I started writing songs together for, I think, did we start writing it for Milo? I can't remember, but. It's for Milo, but it Yeah. And then evolved. it was like, yeah, we had one or two tracks with vocals and then it just, became more and more and eventually Emma joined as well. Um, and then the name for the band, it came from, do you know um, Takuya Kuroda, the Japanese trumpet player? I've heard the name. I haven't, I haven't done a deep dive. Yeah, so I forgot which album it was, but he has a song with called Mala, but with one L. And I was like, <laughs> we'll put a second L in there just, <laughs> just in case, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll double down. Yeah, and it was the Literally. classic of like looking at band names and be like, oh, has anyone taken this one yet? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, and couldn't find too much else. And then, oh, but then now, now I think there is another artist called Marla on Spotify, but, you know. Somewhere in Europe who's doing like way better. Yeah. <laughs> but we're not on the same Spotify page. So. It's okay. Yeah. It's official. It's well, I know that when I type your name, you guys come up first. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's all we want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. There's something as well uh, to be said to what we have mentioned uh, earlier here in that there is such a, a, a vast array of genre coming together in the one thing here. Yeah. Uh, as we've said, like just the names alone that are that are in this group is is monumental to see. Uh, we were also talking off air about Bailey Judd and mm. uh, how Bailey Judd also contributed to you guys' project by way of engineering. But that sort of whole network of people that exist over there with J.K. and Emma Villard <laughs> and, and then... Um, you know, Lizard from Proto Mora and and uh, you know Nicodemus and that whole scene too. And like, yeah. there's so many different so many different sounds and genres coming together in this melting pot of a of a band here. And as you said as well, with reference to Moses, the synth bass uh, tying it all together in a really nice way. If something that I noticed, especially on um, Lights, mm. uh, was something that came forward quite prominently. I wanted to ask you guys how that how that sort of balancing act of the electronic elements and the organic elements by way of sax and um, even just the interplay of, are there electronic drums as well as 
organic drums. I'm pretty sure I was picking up a little bit of drum tracking. Yeah. 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 How how does that all kind of float between you guys? Like, what's the process there to finding the like the the consistency and the through line? Interesting, because I think at least the way I write for Marla, or just most of my music, is always bass and drums first. Mm -hmm. Like. You know, you get a good bass line and then the drums, the kick will go with that. And Like in Dektor, it's literally kick and bass at the start, um, doing a little clave. And so I feel like once those are completely like in lock, then you can kind of float around with the stuff that goes on top. Mm. So like Jake will do the chords and sort of add that lush kind of more like housey, element or sometimes jazzy and then emma's obviously got like all the vocals and melodies and things that kind of add that pop element and then me and tom are just like just crazy sonic youth you know no wave stuff or something um bit of in and out but yeah the electronic stuff i feel like i don't know i feel like it just feels organic in a way i feel like on the album, it's Moses' brain that well, adds a yeah. lot of the electronic elements because he's a like just an insane producer in his own right. He does Plastique as well with um, Abby Hall. It's a great great group as well. But he's he's such a talented producer. hadn't hasn't done like as much live music, but I think it adds that beautiful blend between what we tracked live and then when Moses took it and added like you know drum triggers and um, just all of his brain into it gave it that to me is kind of what gave this beautiful blend between our like live organic jammy kind of sounds and then tightening it up with his kind of touch on it as well. Mm. And then how does that all kind of meet at this epicenter of sound of like soul and new jazz? Like what were the individual journeys that kind of led you all to that point? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I guess for those those sounds was what we kind of listened to in 2018, 2019. Sure. Super band, into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah we're right. all super into like 3070. Oh, yeah. God Tet as well was a massive influence. Um, and all the projects, they're aligned with 3070. Mm. Um, Bit of hiatus. Yeah, yeah obviously hiatus as yeah, well. Of course, because we were saying. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you live in Melbourne in that scene, then yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. But I think we all started and bonded on that kind of music because we were all at jazz school not really wanting to do complete straight ahead jazz. Mm. Sure. So then, and then that was like the next thing across from that that was at home in Melbourne that we could listen to. Sure. So I think we all just kind of fell in with that with that kind of music. Still informed yeah. by similar conventions, but giving you a bit more room for your own creative expression. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in terms of the project itself, first of all, congratulations. It's a huge project. Thank and you. Thank you. Um, and both in length and in, um, and in uh, <laughs> impact as well. But um, in terms of how it's been for you guys with it being out in the world, obviously we played Dictora. And I think Tom looked at Harry straight away and was like, oh, it's us. And it was like, <laughs> a, it's still a clearly still thinking in for you guys at certain aspects when you hear you know, your songs, like the songs you've worked on for years now. Let's uh, yeah. Yeah. Know, be, be out there in the world. Talk about the reception that's, that's happened and how you feel about it now that it's out. <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the hard thing about Marla is it's because it's a group of like a lot of people and in mm. a lot of different other projects it's really hard to get us all together in the same yeah. room. Yeah. And, but 
there's something so special about the group of us and the music that we feel that we can write and stuff that uh, we always want it to endure and keep going. So I guess that's sort of why it's maybe taken a while yep. for things to come out and obviously like lockdowns and things. Oh, of course. Put a pin in a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I feel um, like it's always felt a little bit like a second project for a few people because there's been other way bigger and busier projects sure. and it's just been a lot slower to take off from when it started. So now that Marla's got music out, it's like, oh, true. This yeah, is nice. it just feels surreal because it's like, I just never thought that would happen because yeah. <laughs> it just was so slow, but it's a labour of love as for everyone else in the band. Yeah. So. Mm. Do you feel like it's given you the freedom to experiment a little bit as well? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. That's great. It's like, I guess I guess with respect to a lot of the people that you've collaborated with or collaborate with outside of Marla, this is very much like the brainchild of all of you rather than yeah. like just, well, not just because that's just as amazing, but you're not just part of someone else's vision, but this is very much your own vision yeah yeah and, and it comes through very clearly as well like it's a it's a it's a it's a great it's a great listen i'm curious to know like i mean you mentioned that these are tracks that you've been sitting on for years and, <laughs> and you're not like you haven't had the chance to perform them live post this album when it does come to perform them live, i'm curious i i'm my assumption my guess is that i feel like it's going to be like in a great, in, in the best possible way, barely, barely the same way it's played on yeah. the album. Oh, 100%. I, I get you, you guys seem like the type that have no restraint in the best way that jazz, some jazz musicians have, where it's like, okay, <laughs> cool, like, yes, you know it, and we're just going to go crazy in, in that yeah. best way. All the variations. How, yeah. <laughs> exactly. How's it, how's it kind of feeling in the lead up to um, that, that launch show? Like, just kind of preparing for it. Even though you've known <laughs> these songs for so long and we sing for so long, what, what's the kind of build up to that launch feeling like? <laughs> We so <laughs> we tried to organize some rehearsals because the band doesn't really play together all that much, mm. um, like unless we get gigs. But even then, we play with depths a lot as well. Mm. Um, but I'd put together like a thing to get availabilities for our rehearsals over about two months, and out of the two months, I got two hours. So That's it's insane. just impo it's wow. like impossible to get everyone in a room. And like we we've had a couple of rehearsals, which has been good, but we're already like taking apart. <laughs> how the songs were on the album oh, and rearranging yeah. it and because mm. we played the songs as harry said like together so much over the years it's like we want to keep it fresh you know not not just for ourselves but for the set and and keep keep it interesting yeah um so yeah we've already started pulling them apart and <laughs> it, it, it only makes sense though. i mean i think the the, the album and you know, for listeners who for those who have heard it you already know but for those who, are, who only just heard dictora it's the music very much sounds like an organism in itself. It sounds like an organism in motion. And so living, course, and, living and breathing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So of course it's going to be like that in the rehearsal. It, it only yeah. makes sense. And I think that it's a very exciting thing when as, uh, as, 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 as musicians, you've got the freedom to do that. It's one thing be doing that in general, but especially when that's written into your identity, because I mean, I mean the other day I was, uh, this is slight segue, but I got to see, Lauren Hill a few weeks ago, Ooh, oh, nice. really good. Some saw, so I, I saw her in Gold Coast. Some other saw her in, in Melbourne, and, and yeah. it was a great show. But some people were like, "Oh, because she's been in the same album for twenty five years." <laughs> it's um, <laughs> so of course she's got to arrange it differently. Yeah, some people weren't really feeling that arrangement, but it's that's because people just know it one way mm -hmm. and they know. It. And so, but when you got a group like you guys and 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 bands of that kind of genre, it's like that ever evolving thing. It's like the difference is what I'm looking for. Yeah, and 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 and. and, and it's exciting to just see um, 
just to see that manifested with what you guys do, you know? Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it is kind of like a lot of these songs ha- are enough, like they have a structure and those melodies and stuff that we will always keep in. But then, yeah, of course, they're 10 minutes. So there's enough of a jam section for it to go anywhere it could be, depending on like when we used to play the Nightcat a few times, we'd be like oh yeah this is like kind of a ravey night and yeah yeah <laughs> you know so we're like okay let's just do like house and then it goes to techno and but like on another night where we play like Bausu or something in brunswick we'll get a bit folkier or something mm, yeah. and, you know just depending on what so who knows where we'll go at shot kickers Actually, that brings me to, to just another quick question. So I'm going very off, so apologies if I'm, <laughs> if I'm going, going <laughs> off, off thing. But when it comes to live performance, who are some of the, what are some of the shows and the gigs you've seen that were like, this is what I'm trying to emulate? Or or whether it's performers in general or like what, mm. what are some kind of key shows or performers where it's like, this is, I want my people to feel like this when I perform for you True. guys. Anytime I see God Tet live, mm. that's been pretty influential real yeah um some great memories yeah they're just such a good band to see and they do always kind of come back to the songs that i want to see but it, they they also kind of like switch things up and jam on those ideas a lot which is which is pretty cool mm. um yeah for me i always have the piv- i have a pivotal gig that like more or less changed my life um because i was always like a rock kid punk rock kid and then when we were doing jazz at uni, 2017, Strawberry Fields, it was like the Arvo, Saturday Arvo, Friday Arvo, um, 3070 played. And mm. it was like, I knew about them. I knew their music. I knew Cold Radish Coma, but Elevate had come out like a month before that. And I hadn't really heard it yet. And I saw them play and it was just like incredible. Just all that music, it was just so expansive and mm. But it was like seeing the Led Zeppelin of like Melbourne Neo Soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was just yeah. like everyone, yeah, yeah. you know, Henry Hicks was is his own thing and Ziggy and all that. Like, so yeah, it was definitely like that's what I want to be. Yeah, um, I would say that. Yeah, sort of changed it all. Speaking of the the Nam sound specifically, um, particularly in the soul genre as it is, if you can sort of like give us an idea of of what that sort of sound and the Nam soul sound obviously we talked a bit about god tap we talked a bit about um hiatus um we talked a bit about a few different projects Excellent. talk a bit about your um your individual sort of meaning when it comes to this project and what Nam and uh, what Nam soul sound means to you guys as as musicians but also then to to this project as well cycles yeah um that's a great question <laughs> The Nam Soul sound, I think it's ever evolving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so what it meant to me in 2018, 2019, like before COVID, is quite different to what it is now. Mm. Um, I think that also has changed with like my personal taste. Sonically, do you think? Or? Sonic, yeah, sonically it's gotten darker, I think. Mm. Uh, there was, I think it was a bit more jazz, um, jazz hip-hop inspired sure. back mm. in the day. Um, I th- and I think... That's it. Also, I feel like with the Nam sound, it it inspires itself. Mm. That's kind of like what we're saying, you know. When asked about what gigs transformed us, yeah. it's all Melbourne or Australian bands. Yeah. Um, I thought of another band, which is Izzy, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, they do a very similar thing with their sets, but they're they're great. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's gotten darker. People's like the influences that people are taking from other other scenes and bringing in is getting darker as well. Mm. Um. 
even, yeah. it's even just like a, a transition from focus on like the horns to to like lower ended things like sax and like, I feel like yeah. it used to be very trumpet and and the trumpet's still there hundred percent. But that brightness of it has like been brought down and like it's yeah, yeah it's like yeah, like literally darker. Dro- yeah. Literally dropped the exposure on it. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah, yeah, percent. <laughs> There's a lot of like I mean I a lot of lot of sax players do it. I definitely copied a certain Melbourne, Melbourne uh, sax player, <laughs> but playing okay, with effects um, um, is great and a good way to darken up the, like a pretty normal mm. horn kind of sound. Sure. Um, and it, I feel like with darker music like what we do, it 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 helps meld into the band. Yeah, playing like a synth really. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't actually ask what um what uh, what sax are you playing by the way. Uh, I play tenor, nice. tenor sax. Yeah, so that yeah, a bit darker again. I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yep, yeah. No wicked. I I know. I used to play alto back in the day, but that was a true. That wasn't. That was an age long ago. Unfortunately, I, I it's. I wish I stuck with it. It's. Hey, best. it's never too late, man. It's never too late. Very true. Actually, my dad still has it too. So Damn. you gotta grab it. True. That Dust it off, true. man. Yeah. 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 Gonna make it happen. In any case, uh, we are running out of time on this interview, um, and we would like to take some opportunities for you guys to speak to where we can find you as uh, just as much as individuals as where we can find <laughs> Marla and uh, a bit of more information about where we can uh, where we can get tickets for the Shot Kickers uh, gig. Shot Kickers November twenty third. We've got Olza supporting. We've got Ebby Nori and the Phantom Fingers supporting. Nice. Which me and Tom are also, we're also in. in that band. Love that. <laughs> Love that. Don't you have uh, Moses? Yeah, and then Moses well? car. Yeah. It was. It's like a family affair. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Love the community. Yeah. That's exactly. it. Yes, Although that's no it. one in Olza is in Mala. It's all right. But who knows? Things <laughs> might change. <laughs> hey, if you're missing, if you're missing a person, I'm sure that I'm sure one of them will hop in and, and yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. become a part I of think, the group as well. I think it has to be. Mm. I think the the link for the tickets would be in our bio. Yeah. Um. Uh, so you can find it on our, our Instagram. Yep. I think pre sales cheaper as well. So yeah. 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 And, and uh, for the Instagram for for people that want to know where that is too. Oh yeah, just Marla underscore band. I think I think oh, that's it with that's two yeah. L's. Two L's. M A double L A. Yeah, yeah, the really cool edgy art. That's a lot of that's red. That's Harry, Harry does all the art in house as well. By the uh, way, no, oh, super that's talent. Sick, yeah, yeah no, that's really they're, they're beautiful. Oh, they look great. Yeah, no, yeah, they, it's just yeah. cheaper. Yeah, well, it's oh. an understated <laughs> Don't thing. Don't understate yourself. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the visuals are so informative of the sound too. It's great. Well, yeah, it definitely what we're speaking about with like the dark and mm. energy of it yeah. too. It's really. Mm. He's also available if anyone else needs. Oh yeah, I for anything. I'm cheap. That's it. That's it. That's it. Love it. Hey, we do a little thing here, guys, where we like to throw to the artist to throw to their song that we're about to play. Um, we are playing a little song called Senin, uh, is what we're playing. Um, nobody, nobody at home heard that, by the way. It was just us, just us two. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what I'm going to do is I want to throw to you guys, and all you have to do is say what the song is, maybe a quick thing about it, um, and then tell them where they're listening. It's Soul Food. They're listening to Soul Food on Sin. Okay. They didn't hear that either, by the way. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, I'll throw to you guys. Where Marla? <laughs> <laughs> I'm great at this. Um, yeah. Where... where where Marla, uh, you're about to listen to a little track called Sinin, uh, which Harry wrote. Yeah, this track is a personal song that I wrote uh, about a troubled relationship, mm. but very bass and drum heavy song in a strange type signature. It's in six. That's strange to me. Yeah. But you're listening <laughs> to Sinin on Soul Food. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media.